on the morning of a very important day, I'd invite you to think back on some of your fondest Christmas memories, maybe that far exceeded your expectations at the time. Hindsight's twenty twenty in many ways in that regard. As I think back, I remember uh, thinking about the joy of what it would be when we were married to be a father and to share these days with our kids. And it's far exceeded what I could have ever imagined. Their eyes light up at things that I never would have anticipated. It's not just presents and those sorts of things, but the presence of others, the joy that they find with their cousins and, and other family members sometimes far exceeds unwrapping something for a moment. Or the joy of going to drive around and look at lights with hot chocolate, or whatever that might have been. Things I would have never envisioned, uh, 20-something-year-old me, if you'd asked where would they find their fulfillment in that at that moment. What are those things that you think back on? I ask you to reflect on this this morning because really this truncated week that is all but a few hours in Advent for as we think about preparations, we've looked toward our fulfillment in that this evening. And as we do so, I'd actually like for us to look at our first reading from 2 Samuel, because it's there we discover uh, this Advent fulfillment, really, that comes to pass in ways that could have never even been fathomed in the moment that it was spoken or as it began to play forth. So look there with me if you've got your Bibles in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1, or follow along on the screens as we look at three lessons about Advent fulfillment this morning to assist us in our preparations this day. We step into this text really at, at the height of uh, King David's reign, just to jog your memory. Um, as we see really the, the orienting verse in verse 1, that here at this time and this season, um, the Lord had given David rest from all his surrounding enemies. After trying to carve out this place that God had promised in this particular region of the world, that had finally come to pass. And here King David sits in his palace, in this particular place in Jerusalem where his kingdom is seated. And at that moment, his heart stirs him, as we see in verse 1, to look around and realize that something is not right. And so he shares with Nathan the prophet that what is not right is that while he has a palace and a place, God's presence in the Ark of the Covenant dwells out in a tent, the same tent that it had dwelt under from the wilderness wanderings up until this particular moment. And so it stirs in his heart that this isn't right and something should be done. So he shares this with Nathan the prophet, and Nathan initially blesses off on it, more or less saying, go and do all that is in your heart. Hasty to say this is a good and worthy thing. And then before we see the word of the Lord appear to David later that evening, perhaps with different instructions, uh, let's pause for just a moment and take in some wonderful things to reflect on toward that end. And quite simply, perhaps for us in the midst of this day, thinking back 
on our own memories, thinking forward to the ones that we anticipate in the days to come, or even those that may not be the same as in years past. There's something for us to dwell on that is quite delightful about David and in our own preparations this day, namely that of our own desires. We know that David was far from perfect. Um, All of his warts, so to speak, are on full display in Scripture. We know that he didn't have the best track record, but at yet the same time, he is still, scripturally as we hear, a man after God's own heart. His desire was always to pursue the Lord and often was found as he would come back to the Lord time and time again. And even in his old age, when his heart was turned from the Lord and that great biblical phrase grew gross and fat, um, yet still his desires were to return and pursue God's will. And there's something delightful for us to think about amidst the preparations of the day before us towards that end. Where are our desires in these days ahead? What is it that we seek? What do our desires lead us toward? As a great uh, Christian philosopher and and theologian, Dallas Willard used to say, the the will or uh, the desires of the heart are really what motivate our actions, right? And so it's worth taking inventory and kind of the calm and the quiet. What are our desires? Do we desire um, in, in times of sorrow and success to pursue the Lord's will? Where are our desires this day? something to dwell upon and to take inventory toward and to ask for God's grace in. If our desires lie elsewhere, then to both celebrate and further embrace uh, the good news that we celebrate this evening. And as we think about that, to challenge us perhaps and to encourage us perhaps, is this reminder as this text unfolds of God's desires for us and truly for all of humanity. If we turn back um, kind of midway into the text in verse 10, it's here we read that after this initial interaction with David and Nathan and Nathan initially saying, go do all that's in your heart, Presumably that night, the word of the Lord comes to David with a different directive. And so here we kind of pick up midway into this um, update that he makes to King David, presumably on the following day. One that could far um, exceed anything that David could imagine. His desire, at least initially, is affirmed as right and good. A desire for God to dwell with his people. But that desire was something that God purposed to do from the very beginning and not something necessarily that David would bring about. And even that which he brought about would look far different than he could have ever imagined. He'll appoint a place for my people and plant them, of course, so that they will be disturbed no more. He had done that. He had saved them from affliction. And then in verse 12... There's this promise that this desire of David to have a dwelling with God would not come in a temple made of stone and timber, while it would include that, but would have come from this lineage of David. It would come from his line. He would build a house for his name and establish the throne for his kingdom in verse 13, which shall come forth from your body. An eternal kingdom forever, verse 13 reminds us. In many ways, it's, it's 
wonderful to reflect on this day amidst all of the things that we may do that remain, the preparations here at church, at home, the gatherings and the moments to follow, that even at our best, um, we can't even begin to grasp God's delight in us and his delight in all of humanity for that purpose. His vision was far grander than anything that David could have even comprehended. Even as this promise is made that um, he will establish and dwell among his people through the lineage of David, which initially goes towards Solomon and the building of the temple, and rightly so, he could have never imagined, even in his wildest dreams, David, the way that God purposed to delight in that. Not just establishing this line, this dynasty of kings that would follow subsequently for all of uh, time, which seemed pretty grand in and of itself, but something even far greater that we know. And as we turn in a moment to those final few verses, that really kind of points us down toward this evening and the days to come. And so today, I hope that you um, take in those moments. You have these quiet moments of pause, either this morning or in the days to follow, where we recognize and soak in God's delight for all of humanity. His delight that led him, as we recall in the days to come, to step off his throne in heaven for our sake. And his desire, if we could call it that, or his character or property, as the old prayer books would put it, that points to um, who he is, that is unchanging and unwavering and stands down through subsequent generations far beyond what we could ever envision. And then the beautiful fulfillment of this in ways that truly throughout all of Christendom until really the other side of the resurrection and in the early days of the church could not have even been envisioned what this prophecy foretold in verse 14 and following until they look back where God points out through the mouth of the prophet Nathan, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Thinking, of course, that would be Solomon. And, and so there is this delight, but we know where this points and where it's echoed down throughout the prophets much farther down the line in verse 14 and following. Not just this familial relationship, but when he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, and in the stripes of the Son of Men, we should let our minds wander to Isaiah. Though that, that son, pointing to Jesus, this kind of shaft of light, as biblical theologians would point, that, that points out to what we celebrate this day or this evening and in the days to follow. Though he would never commit iniquity, we know that iniquity was laid upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All of this points to this steadfast love of God that comes to pass, which will not depart from him, as the promise is, as it did from Saul, whom I put away from before you. This is how his house and his kingdom shall be made sure before me, and his throne established forever. And we see, of course, in the Annunciation that we heard moments ago, that echoing back of that in ways that they could see, yes, this is the son, but this seed that plants this new familial relationship really comes to fruition, to birth, if you will, not just at Jesus' birth, but even on the other side of the resurrection, which then engrafts all of humanity who turns to faith in him as well. 
And so it's wonderful to recognize um, this day that his delight isn't just that he delights in us from afar or that there are these kind of warm fuzzies from God somehow in the ether, but that his delight is that he actually dwells with us um, and purpose to do so in ways that could not have even been envisioned in the way that we celebrate this evening. As we think about the fulfillment of this lineage of David and Jesus, um, how could David have ever imagined that this desire of his to build this temple of stone and timber would actually not be God's purpose, but rather his purpose would be to dwell among his people in flesh and blood, to walk among his creation once more, just as he had done in the very beginning in the cool of the garden in Genesis 1. This was that plan to restore all of that, of which David got to share a part, and so do we. And that's a wonderful thing to dwell upon this day. It should fill our hearts to brimming with the delight of the Lord that, that really carries us forth in merriment and jolly in the days to come, of course, to recognize that he stepped into the world to dwell among us, but it didn't just stop there. In fact, because even in that fulfillment, what was yet to be seen was Pentecost, where he doesn't just dwell among us to just point the way, but then on the other side of it dwells in us so that we then become the tabernacles in which he resides every day. It's truly amazing when we reflect on it. So this day, just among the quiet and the preparations that remain in the things that are on your to-do list, on all the things that will be in the days to come, I hope you just take moments to just reflect on the truly amazing, simple, and yet completely profound nature of what we celebrate. Um, these little vignettes that we catch in the weeks leading up, appropriately so on this day as we reflect on Samuel generations before it would ever come to pass, and in ways that we sometimes can't envision the ways that God dwells and delights in us to bring about his plans and purposes in our lifetime. We may never even begin to fathom what that looks like, but when we walk with him, when we um, embrace that desire of his for us, and follow and pursue him every day. He plans to do purpose, uh, plans to purpose, excuse me, rather uh, far more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so this day, I just encourage you to just let those things kind of rattle around and ruminate upon them as you go about the things of the day to remind yourself and to be reminded as we are in the pages of scripture of his great desire for us, uh, that he delights in us and that he stepped into the world to both dwell among us and then later to dwell in us through the power of his Holy Spirit. May that guide and direct you. May that fill your hearts with joy and peace. And may that be our witness to the world around us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>